Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom, and we've helped you lose money for 133 episodes. We're a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. But this is one of our NFL preview special editions, not our normal Friday episodes. So we're going to go as long as we want. It'll be over 20 minutes, that's a guarantee. Because we are going to be discussing the over-under win totals for the NFC and AFC South with our NFL preview guy, the Panzerati Prince. So strap in because we're going to be making picks for every team in the division. Plus, the actual bets we're going to be making during the recap at the end of the show. Let's not waste any more time here. Let's get into it. NFC and AFC win totals with the Panzerati Prince. We welcome back the Panzerati Prince to do the AFC South and NFC South. And we're going to start with the NFC South. Panzerati Prince, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is a very interesting one because there are both maybe some of the hardest decisions I'm going to make and some of the easiest decisions I'm going to make in these two divisions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's some stuff to like in both Souths, and there's, mm-hmm. but there's a, like, a lot of stuff to really hate in both oh, Souths. absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of hate, let's start with the NFC South here. I think this is just, <laughs> this is one of the most vile divisions that we can have here because it has both easy, the easiest decision I'm going to make and the hardest decision I'm going to make. And let's start from the bottom here. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. We're starting at five. Pans Ready Prince, where are you going with five? Well, as much as of an Atlanta Falcons home I've been on this podcast over the <laughs> yes, years, yeah. um, I can't keep doing this. So in 2022, yeah. I vowed not to take the Falcons most weeks. Uh, and in this case, I'm going to go under because this team is absolute trash. It Unless trash. Desmond Ritter is the starter and is the second coming of Jesus and all of a sudden it just explodes, <laughs> there's no way this team gets to five wins. But I don't even think Ritter's going to start. So... It's a moot point. Yeah, it's it's Marcus Mariota. Uh, You know, whereas the old expression you used to use all the time is rise up. I think you found the new expression for the Atlanta Falcons in 2022. I can't keep doing this. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) This is the easiest pick today for me under, 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 under. They are trying to be bad. They are trying to actively be a bad team. There is talent, but unfortunately, he's sitting on the sidelines. His name is Calvin Ridley. And unfortunately, Kyle Pitts. And, you know, London's going to be good. That's totally fine. They're, They're having, like, building blocks for positional players that are talented, but mm-hmm. everything else is bad. Their defense, honest to God, y- you could ask most people, like I'm an NFL fan, absolutely, name three members of the Atlanta Falcons defense. And they would get like, ah, and you're like, yeah, no, that's right. They're going to be yeah, bad. I got They're two, be really I bad. think. Yeah, Agents exactly. Casey Hayward or whatever. Yes. But- th- yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. But yeah, you can get building blocks like the future. You get your, your sexy pick at wide receiver. You know, you get a quarterback for the future. But there's nothing up front that says that this team's going to make any single noise. No. So let's maybe get a Samuel L. Jackson commercial saying, I can't <laughs> keep doing this. <laughs> the only stat I have for this one, the Falcons needed a ton of luck to go 7-10 and 10 last year. They went 7-10 and 10 last year, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they were 7-2 and two in one-score games. 7-2. and two. And everything we know about one-score games is that there's a relative amount of luck and that they usually regress to the middle. So 7-2, and two, and now they're without Ridley, and they're without Matt Ryan, who we're going to speak about later. So we're both under on the five there. Let's go next to the Carolina Panthers at six and a half currently. Ooh, where are we going with the Carolina Panthers? So the Carolina Panthers are the perfect team of mediocrity that is going to cruise to a seven-win season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yep. think they go any higher than seven wins. If this was at seven, I, I would probably take the under. 
But yep. uh, I, I'm going to take the over at six and a half just because I think, you know what, Matt Rule, maybe, maybe this is his year to, to not be in the basement, but I still don't think this team is going to make any real, real sort of noise. Uh, Baker Mayfield does not really do it for me. He's going to get okay. them a couple wins, but it's, it's yep. you know what, they, they've got some nice weapons on the outside. If CMC can stay healthy, which I don't think he will. No. Uh, I, I can't see this team getting more than seven, but I will take the over. It's just, it's pure mediocrity of an over that I'm not really going to touch. Uh, you know what? I hate to say it. We're ballpark buds again, because that's exactly how I feel. I think if it was seven, you're like, no, under. But I think they're going to get to seven as well, because literally they had the worst quarterback play in the whole NFL last year. And I think they're going to slightly improve with this. It's weird on this podcast. I somehow become a Baker Mayfield like believer, even though I don't really, it's him and Tua for some reason, even though I don't think they're very good. <laughs> But I also think people are like, he's the worst. And you're like, he was in the conference finals two years ago. He is not the worst. He's, and he, you know what he is? A definite improvement over Sam Darnold. Because that experiment is likely over. And they drafted Matt Corral in the third and then traded for Baker Mayfield. And they picked up Cam Newton last year and signed him for way too much money. And if you're a free agent quarterback right now, you should check that Carolina hasn't signed you because there's a strong chance that they have. The Panthers, yeah. what's that? So, no, sorry, go on. I, I like they they went five on. and 12 last year, right? They went five and 12 and had abysmal quarterback play. They were ranked dead last in adjusted net yards and attempt and QB rating. Every stat that you can find. And going two and six in one-score games, Christian McCaffrey missing 10 games. One of those has to change. One of those has to change. And not much of it has to change to get over the six and a half to get two more victories there. Yeah, and I like how they went LT in the in the first round. He came yep. I think that's going to help a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just the Carolina Panthers mediocrity <laughs> it really it honestly is and i love that david kepper the billionaire core the billionaire new owner because he's like we're gonna change everything we're gonna absolutely do something and you know what you've done ran your way right into the middle i love it all mm-hmm. right next team up new orleans saints eight and a half this is to me the toughest one because i could make you a solid argument for both numbers right now i can make a solid argument for over i can make a solid argument for under i'd love to hear yours what are you doing pants right prince you know what for me this was one of the easiest picks this oh. is an easy over for me. Okay. I think the Saints are going to be good, and I think the Saints might win the division. Oh, I mean, wow. nothing. You know how much I hate the Bucks, yes. but I think the Saints can challenge for the division. Last year, going into the season, uh, Marquez Callaway was the wide, wide yep. receiver one. He's now the wide mm. receiver four. You got Chris Olave. You got Michael Thomas, who, by all accounts, might be coming back. Yeah. And then you got Jarvis Landry. I like Jameis Winston there, and the defense is solid. Cam yeah, Jordan. Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew. This mm-hmm. defense is good. And the Saints have always had a good system on D. Yes. I like this team. I think eight and a half is too low for them. I think they can squeak into the playoffs as a wild card for sure. I think nine wins for sure. Uh, you know what? If I had a little risky money, I would put it on them winning the South. Wow. Oh, I love this. Okay, so I'm over as well, but I, I think I came to it in a different way than you. Like, let's start with the defense. Absolutely. Dennis Allen is now the, now the head coach. He has been the defensive coordinator there for a couple of years while they've had criminally underrated defenses. Always very good defenses. But losing Malcolm Jenkins to retirement and the biggest one is Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams is an incredible safety. He's 26 years old and they lost him due to financial cap, you know, hell because they pretty much run like, uh, you know, like mafia accounting where they just keep cooking the can down the road and cap space doesn't mean anything and whatever. That, that is the casualty of that, that you lose a very talented young player because of that. So, and Tyra Matthew... That number is, I think, a little inexplicable to me. And while we're not like ranking GMs right now, we're only talking about the season, that still staggers me a little bit. But their defense should be good because Dennis Allen is the head coach now. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing, the only downside I'd say to that is now that he's a head coach, he obviously can't spend as much time with the defense. So, eh, you know, whatever. Give and take a little bit. There is no doubt that they have upgraded offensively, right? We'll see about the Kamara thing. It looks like he's going to get suspended next year, which yeah, just you know, doesn't make any have, sense. That's a moot point, apparently. He's going to get yeah. suspended in 2023. Makes no sense. But hey, it's, it's Alvin Kamara. He's going to be good. Yeah, fast forward to a year from now when we're having this conversation, and I'm like, yeah. well, Kamara's going to miss the whole year. That's going to suck. Uh, the Saints suffered the eighth worst injury luck last year, and it was even more devastating considering how it was concentrated almost entirely at the quarterback position last year. So it should be in better shape. Obviously, Jameis Winston, you know, there's pluses, there's minuses, but he'll get the ball down the field, and there's a lot of guys to throw at. Like you were saying, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and, uh, you know, that's just a lot. I, I just, am I investing in Jameis Winston? Yes, I am. I'm taking the over eight and a half as well. Eat that W, baby. Eat it. <laughs> well, let's go to everyone's favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're sitting at 11 and a half. Uh, 11 and a half. Very interesting number. You know, famous Bucks hater, Pants Rider Prince. What are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, everyone's favorite team. You know me, cream pickle <laughs> Bucks. Go them. Uh, no, I really wish I could take the under here, but I can't. Uh, yeah. It's 11 and a half. That's too low. I yep. will take the over pending. We see finally the regression, but I've been saying that every year for like eight years now, <laughs> so I don't think we're going to see the regression. Goddamn. Whenever that movie hits theaters, I'll be first in line. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this team's just too talented. The the defensive side of the ball is too good. The offensive side of the ball is really good. I'm assuming Chris Goblin's going to come back with vengeance here. Mike Evans is uh, just the model of consistency. Finally, they're going with Big Lenny as the bell cow. I like that a lot. And then uh, Julio Jones is everyone's favorite. Uh, Can he win the comeback play of the year? The answer is no there. No. They are going to go over 11 and a half for sure. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's how can you not? How can you not? Wow, we went perfectly the exact same for this division. How can you not? You know, it's Tampa Bay, I think, like, here I go. Let's try and come up with some cons here. Tampa Bay had the most volatile offseason of any team in the NFL. Like, not only did they lose their head coach because he retired, Rob Gronkowski retired, Ali Marpet retired, which is, I think, something we're not talking nearly enough about. He's one of the best offensive guards in the league. Uh, The Bucs signed two former Atlanta Falcons. We got Russell Gage and we got Julio Jones. That's always good. When you can get some of that good Atlanta Falcons DNA on the team, you definitely want it. Uh, That's going to obviously replace the, you know, targets by Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski because let's not forget Antonio Brown was on the team last year too. Uh, Here's the biggest thing though. And their offensive line, they just lost Ryan Jansen. He might be out for months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's not good because now he's losing, now Tom Brady's losing his center and his left. And the center thing, supposedly there's like real articles written about Tom Brady in his center. When he loses his center, he's not very good. That all being said, this team is just way too talented. And the other side of it is this division could be really bad. Let's not forget, we were just talking about Atlanta at five and Carolina at six and a half. And that's the bottom two of a four-team division. Yikes. So I think they have to go over 11 and a half, even though I will say, I will be betting against them early in the season because of the hampered offensive line. But I just think they're going to walk to 11 and a half for sure. Yeah. I'm taking the over as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't not, get my uh, hopes up too hot to get crashed and pulled back. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, honestly, just enough to break our hearts. All right, we're going to be doing the AFC South in a second, right after this break. And now, word from our sponsor and an app I use all the time, Betstamp. Here at Losing Money, we always talk about the importance of line shopping, trying to find the best number possible so you can lose or win, you know, if you're having a good day, the most amount of money possible. Through the app, you can shop around with the different books and then even click that link and be sent right to that book to find that number so you can place a wager. Also, do you have a bet that you kind of missed out on or you're on a number that you're trying to get rid of? You can do that through the BetStamp app. You can buy and sell picks with full transparency, plus they don't take a cut, so it's completely free and safe. Also, we post all of our picks daily at Losing Money WAB on Twitter and Instagram, but if you want to track how we are doing and we're losing, just a heads up, you know that, 
or other bettors, famous bettors all over the place, you could track them through the BetStamp app. That's a lot of reasons to download the BetStamp app today. All right, and we're back. Let's start with the uh, AFC South here. Let's go with the Houston Texans. Oh, everyone's favorite Houston Texans. Sitting right now at a four and a half. Four and a half, my God. Man's right, Prince, what are you doing to do? You know what's funny? I'm like looking down at my notepad and I just <laughs> yeah, see four and a half and I put an arrow pointing up. And, oh. I, I'm like, and I'm just sitting here staring at this being like, how can I convince myself to say over actually on this podcast yeah. without sounding like an absolute idiot? Um, <laughs> basically, this means is I'm not going to touch this, mm-hmm. but I think if I had to pick, I think, you know, Davis Mills showed some stuff last year that maybe he's a little more capable than the entire league sees him as. Yep. And four and a half is very low. Very um, low. I know they only won, what, they only went three games last year as well. Yep. Uh, Yikes. You know what? I'm going to take the over if you have to just make me say something, but that's all I have to say. So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. You know what's so funny? I have overwritten down and I thought I made a mistake because I was like, no, I took the under, right? Because they, they have the worst roster in football. Like, I think yeah. it's pretty arguable from top to bottom. They have the worst offensive football because I don't know who you'd point at. Like, unlike Atlanta or Detroit or something like that, there are players there you're like, oh, that's a talented player. They're just surrounded by garbage. Houston, I'm not sure who that player is. And it's so funny because they keep picking in the top 10 for 10 straight years and you still can't go like, who's the guy? Who's the guy here? So, yeah. I, I, you know, I will say, okay, so last year's success was due to Davis Mills. Only... Mm-hmm. What, what do I got here? Only the eighth quarterback draft in the third round or later that played 10 plus starts as a rookie. So that's something interesting. But there was this really great article in Football Outsiders that looks into tipped and dropped interceptions to better estimate how many interceptions uh, QB should have thrown. And, and according to the research, 2.6 of the interception rate last year for Davis Mills, and it should have been closer to 4.1. If, if Mills struggles, this is going to be a disaster. Like he oh, has yeah. to play pretty well for them to even get to four wins. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against my writing here, and I'm going to take the under yeah, me too. Half. Yeah, me oh, too. Oh, you're going to go yeah, under two? too? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, how, I can't, I can't, like, we're going to talk about our bets that we really like at the end here, but, like, I can't possibly imagine holding money in my hand and walking up to a teller and going, like, over four and a half on the Houston Texans, please. And yeah. they're just like, oh, okay, rolling their eyes and going, like, that guy needs to get cut off. Okay, so we're both under there. What a switcheroo for that one. Let's go to the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars at six and a half. Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. Here we go. Six and a half only. Where are you going? Okay, so he, I, I'm going to go over here. Yep. I'm going to go over on the Jags, but okay. I, have a, I have some reasoning, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with what they're going to do on the field this year. Okay, in the last 25 years, we have had four quarterback prospects who have been, you know, the greatest college quarterback prospect we've ever seen, yada, yada, yada. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow, and now Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. In Peyton Manning's sophomore year, the Colts go 13-3. and three. In Andrew Luck's sophomore year, he leads them to a division title. They beat the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. In Joe Burrow's sophomore year, he takes the team all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be that good. Now, I don't think he's going to make the playoffs, but I do think we might see that step from him that gets him to seven wins. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's that big of an ask. For a player of that stature who has that pedigree, again, now, this could be a complete dud, and Trevor Lawrence cannot be one of those four uh, or one of those other three. Yep. But he very well might be. He has the coach to bring him there, I think, this time. And I think Travis Etienne coming back and having a full season with them is a really big boost, especially for him playing college with Trevor Lawrence. Yep. I can see them surprising a lot, being that 
you know, circled win that a lot of other teams look at mm-hmm. and then surprising and upsetting a lot of teams. I could see the Jags going to seven wins. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but I'm going to take the over. No, you know what? I, I, it's, it's hard not to because there is a lot of stuff there that is exciting. They spent a lot of money in the offseason, and even though maybe that's not good for their long-term success, it's good for their next year for sure. And you know what is so, so funny to say about that about Lawrence because I've written down here, it's difficult to blame Trevor Lawrence for his awful rookie season. Like it really, I don't look back at him and go, wow, that was Lawrence's fault. Absolutely. He has no offensive line. He's not throwing to anyone. The problem is Doug Peterson coming in as an absolute help. He's, he's played quarterback in the league. He's been a head coach. He's been a quarterback coach, offensive coach, offensive coordinator. Like there is a lot there that will be good where he's just in his ear, calming him down, being like, no, it's fine. Instead of Urban Myers just going like, make the throw, dumbass or something. And so, um, <laughs> but it, the problem is for me, it's hard not to get too excited about Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. That is what they walked away with in his second year. That is rough. In a, in a time in the NFL now that we're going, there's so many wide receivers. There's so many wide receivers. Russell Gage is the fifth wide receiver on a Tampa Bay Bucks team. Those are the four that they got for him? Come on, and a tight end. But those are the four. Come on, get out of here. So yeah. that makes me think under. I think at six and a half, I'm going to be going under, even though I, once again, am not giving up on Trevor Lawrence at all. He's going to be incredible. But it's just that team has got to give him something around him. So I'm going under six and a half. I know. I couldn't believe that with all that uh, wide receiver talent in the free agency room, they went, here, Christian Kirk, take all <laughs> yes. the money we have. Yeah. You know, that's who you want from the sl- for a slot receiver, too, by the way. Um, okay. Let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Everyone's reviled Tennessee Titans. No one likes the Tennessee Titans. Like, I, yeah, you hear Titans. all this discourse online. No one's like, yes, Tennessee Titans. I, I, it, they're sitting at nine and a half, too. Nine and a half. I have a guess of where you're going to go. But what are you going to do, Pants Ready Prince? Oh, you know I'm going under, yeah, but uh, I have a stat for you because okay. I, uh, I've constantly thought the Tennessee Titans are frauds. Um, last year, they were 6-1 in one in games decided by a field goal or less. That's three points. They went 6-1 in one in those games. That luck is going to change. There is no mm-hmm. way you're going 6-1 in, in games decided by a field goal or less two nope. years in a row. Nope. Um, I thought, you know, an overrated team – but they kept shutting me up. I will give them yep. credit there. Yep. I just think they're going to come back down, down to earth a little bit here. I do still think they're going to rattle off a bunch of wins. I think nine wins is a good target for the Titans. Yep. So nine and a half, I am going under. Uh, Derrick Henry's still great. I'm not trying to say he's not. Yes, King Henry, yada, yada, yada. Brian Tannehill sucks, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I do <laughs> like Robert Woods, yada, yada, yada. But I do think this team regresses. They were a 12-win season last, last year. Uh, not going to happen again. They are not going to have those horseshoes up their ass again. I'm going under. No, I, I, I am going under as well. So there's no doubt this offense will struggle without A.J. Brown. Like, that's the other one, too. It's like they had a big bruising wide receiver that really made Ryan Tannehill look good. I do also, like, Tannehill's not as bad as he was in the playoff game. That's not what he does. And I think that's kind of like the last memory. So we kind of like now do this thing. But he's not good. And he's also has the highest uh, cap hit for any quarterback this season, which is a lot of fun. Six and two last season, like you were talking about, in order to clear the win total of nine and a half. I just don't think they do it. The only downside here is, do you know anyone that's betting on the over? Like, anyone at all? Isn't that always like a red flag that everybody and their mother is taking the under? This, this and the next team are the only red flags I can find for them, is that I can't imagine anyone's betting the over, so why has that number changed? Um, isn't that also the way we bet football? That like, whoa, everyone's on one side, maybe we should do the opposite. But I couldn't imagine Tennessee winning 10 wins, so I don't know. And that's all you have to do. So there you go. We're both under on the Tennessee Titans, nine and a half. And let's go to the Indianapolis Colts, also sitting at nine and a half right now. What are you going to do with the Indianapolis Colts? 
Well, this is your AFC South division winner in my yeah. books. Yeah. Um, I think the Colts are being treated criminally here with nine and a half. Nine and a half. Has anyone looked at that defense? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, obviously, the massive hole is at wide receiver. Are they going to sign a veteran? I would love to see them sign a veteran because right now they're going in with Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. and no one else. Uh, Alec Pierce as your wide receiver too. Mm -hmm. That is a big ask from a second round pick. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got T.Y. Hilton who knows the playbook out there. You've got OBJ who will probably cost you a lot of money, so I understand them not going that route. You got Will Fuller out there who will probably only uh, start one <laughs> game and then be injured for 15, so I get that. He's another player, uh, though, that every time I'm like, Will Fuller, though, Will Fuller, though, like, Fuller. I know, like, I somehow have a lot of faith in that guy. I don't know why. And then he breaks his finger. Yeah, um, yeah I just, this team should go out and get some veteran help. I don't know who's going to get cut in training, training camps around the league, but that could be an option for someone. Yep. That being said, they have got pieces, man. This is the best running back in the league. Yep. Bar none. Uh, Matt Ryan is a huge improvement over, over Carson Wentz. I don't care what anyone says. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz, yes, he has the numbers, but it is those ill-advised throws. Matt Ryan knows how to take care of the football. He can get it out quickly. He is not going to make stupid mistakes like Carson does. And then the defense, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, Kenny Moss, Stephon Gilmore, like the list goes on. It's ridiculous. So this is an easy nine and a half over for me. Well, it is an easy nine and a half over for me as well. You know, the, the Colts managed to go nine and eight last season, uh, despite having maybe the worst luck of any team when it comes to injury metrics. Uh, they just, they were injured all over the place and missing players all over the time. And they went nine and eight. And then to me, one of the most striking things was the Colts led the league in time of possession with the lead. You know, just, they're very similar to the Tennessee Titans in that way. But based on how often they led, tied, or trailed in games, they should have been closer to 12 and five based on that metric. However, the Indy, Indy was like doomed you know, going only two and five in one score games. And a lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz and late game mistakes. So I get that. So the, <laughs> the only problem is, is like, the, the other problem is I keep going like, man, this team's going to really need something out of Paris Campbell, which just feels like, yeah. like a death note, like Paris Campbell. Oh my God. Like, you know, uh, what was the receiver that they lost to uh, the Eagles? The Eagles? The, oh, Zach Pascal. Zach yeah. Pascal. And the fact that I have to sit here and go like, oh, Zach Pascal, big loss. Like, oh no, like that's really bad. Yeah. And then the other one, this is the fifth opening day with five different quarterbacks. Five in a, years in a row, we've had a different quarterback starting. And, you know, I, the only problem that, that I really have is that going into the offseason, you're like, we need a new quarterback, we need a new left tackle. And that's what we've been doing over and over and over again with the Indianapolis Colts. And that's a little tough when you're looking at the running game. That being said, I'm absolutely taking the over. This is the no-brainer. This is the defense is great. And, uh, and I also believe that, like, uh, Jonathan Taylor, by the way, uh, maybe not number one in, in your drafts, only because they ran the ball a lot because they didn't trust Carson Wentz, especially in the second half of games. And now, all of a sudden, he might not get the same usage because they have a quarterback that they trust. What say you? Yeah, and you're going to get Neem Hines in there a lot. Yeah. Actually, sixth opening day in a row because Scott Tolzien started six years ago, oh. even though he didn't play the full season. It's been a nightmare oh for uh, the uh, quarterback carousel, the Indianapolis Colts. But that being said, though, if they go under here, mm -hmm. that is it for Frank Reich, and that is it for Chris Ballard. And these yeah. are two guys who have a lot of respect in the league that I don't think are going to want to lose their jobs. I do not think they go under. But if they do, it is time to blow it up in Indy. Yeah, which is too bad because I think everybody, every smart person that I hear about talking about the NFL always goes, uh, Chris Ballard, one of the best GMs. Like, he's just so smart. And it's just too bad that they've, they've gotten really bad luck. Andrew Luck retiring yeah. is not, like, on them. You know what I mean? That was on the previous mm -hmm. regime, to be perfectly honest. But here's the only thing. I just want to talk about this team because I found a really interesting stat for week one. Uh, Frank Reich, under Frank Reich, the Colts are 21-12-2 against the spread on the road. They're opening on the road. The Colts are an eight-point favorites in week one 
at the Texans. The new Colts starting quarterback, Matt Ryan, has not been a road favorite for more than a field goal since 2018. Whoa, so something's got to break here. Also, something else might break. I believe, I might be mistaken here, but the Colts have gone eight straight opening days with a loss. <laughs> and it would be against the Texans, which would screw two of our bets here. Because, And it, you know what the worst part is? It's not the Colts I'm worried about. It's that Houston Texans already getting one win in week one. I'm like, uh-oh, there yeah. goes our under. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, there we go. So those are our bets that we're going to be making uh, for the AFC and NFC South. Which are the ones that you truly feel strongly about? Um, in the AFC, I'm sticking with the Colts. That would be the one I, I feel strongest yep. about. Uh, the Titans would be something if I'm a little drunk and want to put some money on, I, I will go there too. The Jags and Texans, I'm not going near. In the NFC, the Saints and the Bucks mm-hmm. feel pretty strongly mm-hmm. about both those overs, and that's all I'm touching there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very close to you. I'm taking the Colts over and the Tennessee under for sure, for sure. Um, the Colts are already in a bunch of divisional parlays. I already have, I have a big one with the bills, Ravens and Colts, which we are going to get to the North in the next, next week's episode. But, uh, I also, I, I like, I like the saints under, and I love the Falcons. Excuse me. I like the saints over and I love the Falcons under, I love the Falcons under the, give me that. Mm-hmm. And twice on Sundays, which is going to be a lot. <laughs> the Atlanta fans are going to be saying a lot. So, uh, there we go. Those are the AFC and NFC South. The Panzeri Prince, you're a gem, and we can't wait to talk to you next week about, to wrap it all up, by the way, the final preview episode that we're doing, the divisional win totals. But I just want to give you a heads up. We are going to be talking about some player stuff and division stuff and awards and Super Bowls eventually too. But next week is the last divisional win total over under with the North. The gritty North. Yeah, exactly. The gritty North. Two, two tough divisions too. Uh, this is going to be an interesting round. A good way to end. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, you take it easy. Recap. Okay, we gave out lots of picks on this episode, but here are the ones that we're actually going to be betting. Panzerai Prince is going to be taking the Colts over, the Titans under, the New Orleans over, and the Bucks over. And I'm going to be very close there. I'm taking the Colts and Titans overs as well. I'm going to be taking the Colts and the Titans under. I'm going to take the Saints over and the Atlanta under. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts? And please give a subscription and a like to at LosingMoneyWAB on either Twitter or Instagram wherever you decide to waste your time. Also, download the BetStamp app today and tell them Losing Money with Andrew Bascom sent you so you can help support the podcast. We'll be back on Friday to talk about boxing, UFC, some baseball, so much. We'll see you then on Friday. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Give me-